she said it's, it's almost like food poisoning kind of like that's mm. oh it's terrible oh. i lost some weight yeah probably jim you're always looking on the bright side of things you are <laughs> always looking on the right. when everyone's like i got a stomach flu i'm like well i don't Damn want that. one but if i did at least there's one benefit i mean after my double taco date there i uh, wouldn't mind having a little package crumble cookies there's a line in Devil Wears Prada about that. Like I'm one stomach flew away from my goal weight or something. Mm-hmm. One flew Something like that. Hello and welcome to Table for Five with no reservations. Take a seat at the table for a fresh, sweet, salty tart and pleasantly bitter conversation. Hello and thank you for taking a seat at the table. This is a episode that we are going to be talking about intimacy on. So... We might be a little more graphic. Is that what you'd say? R rated. R rated. I was going to say probably PG for yourself. PG thirteen. PG thirteen. We're probably a little more PG thirteen. Yeah. Probably not R. <laughs> yeah. We don't. We can't even get to R. Really. Um, <laughs> <how> our, <laughs> our lives are going. But anyway, if you happen to have children around in the car with you and you don't want them to hear about these things. Save it for the earbuds while you're doing the dishes. <laughs> anyway, at the table tonight, I have Rachel. Hey. Jen. Hello. Tabitha. Hello. Kim. Hi there. And I am Jamie. Today, we're going to be talking about intimacy and how that's kind of changed for us as women with becoming parents and especially for us becoming parents of kids with disabilities and just in general how that affects everything within our relationships I was thinking about this the other day and, and Tabs has talked about the like spoon theory on the podcast before yeah but Brene Brown has this thing that's going around a lot right now and a lot of reels and uh, TikToks about the percentage so it's like you and your spouse check in on each other each day or when the kids get home from school and the wife can be like I'm at 20% today I'm just done work was killer and the husband's like all right I got 80% in me I can take over and I thought about and I mean that's more to do with like parenting and just being like there for each other yeah yeah present and like but just immediately right off the bat as a special needs parent and we have some single parents here at the table like for one you don't have someone to do that with or if you do, like, we're all, we're starting at a 10%, both of us, because by the time we get going on our day, we've done packing the lunch, my son's throwing a fit about going to school, getting him in the car, walking him to the door, because he has to meet up with a para to walk in, even if everything goes well, it's like, still, I'm like, okay, well, I'm starting my day with 10% every day, like, I'm already mm-hmm. done, and the fact that I probably didn't sleep much the night before, and so I just thought about that in the realm of, like, what else do I have left over to give my spouse? So I don't know. For me, it's something I need to work on with my husband is being more expressive of love and stuff and that in general. I'm not really a like touchy feely person. I don't know if he is. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm not, you know, like I'm, I didn't grow up in like, I mean, I grew up one of six and me and my siblings are really close and we like, would hug and cuddle and stuff like that. But my, my parents weren't necessarily that way. And so it's already like a reach for me to be that way for my husband. But then on top of that, I'm exhausted. And then taking that to a whole nother level of like being intimate half the time, Mm -hmm. I'm like, whoa, like, (laughs) I'm just trying to survive here. Yeah. And I think also as women, like our bodies ebb and flow with that want of those things where it's like, Mm -hmm. eh, 
I'm all right without it, buddy. Sorry. Like it's just, it's hard. So I don't know. What are your feelings on this tabs? Yeah. When I was thinking about intimacy, I thought about it in two brackets, kind of like physical intimacy, sex, obviously. And then like how you feel about yourself, like, you know, wanting to be sexy, wanting to dress up, wanting to, because there's a certain like level of if you get ready, if you do your hair, if you put something sexy on or something you feel confident in, already that's like a opening of the door to the possibility, I guess. Yeah, to the other. It's like <laughs> yeah. we opening we something. Yeah. Plus, <laughs> women too, we need that mind. We have to be like in that. It's like, yeah, you gotta wear the clothes to play the role, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. And so I thought about like the differences in just my own caretaking of myself or want or desire to like, you know, I used to get dressed for court. I used to just be in a profession where the expectation was to be presentable. And so I had to have some level of that. I mean, it definitely dropped off after I had my kids. (laughs) Like there was less effort being made. But now it's like, I don't go to an office. I don't have any expectation to put on regular pants even every day I'm like in legging central over here and I never thought I would be like that type of mom not that I have anything against legging leggings so they're super comfortable yeah super comfortable sweatpants no but you you know what I mean like I thought that I would be required to be out of the house and doing things every day that required like a suit jacket and pencil skirt or whatever. So that has changed in my own personal appearance and how I feel about myself, whether I feel sexy or whether I feel like I have the desire to feel like a woman, period. And then the second part of is it the energy, the energy, the effort. And I think like, I mean, most people who listen to this know that I'm in the middle of a divorce, but we had been together for such a long time. We had so many years of like a pattern of how that worked for us. And I think when you're in a long-term relationship, it's easy for that to like drop off a bit because you have such a like co-working relationship. It kind of turns into like more of like a co-worker situation and both of you are completing tasks and doing things and you're worn out. And you go, like for us, we went from infants to like diagnosis of our kids to like services and trying to both be full-time employees. And I just think it's like incredibly challenging to even get yourself to the place where you want to be doing that. And then, you know, on top of that, when do you have the time? Because we're always calculating sleep. If I go to bed at 12 and my daughter gets up at three or my son gets up at four, I'm only running on four hours of sleep and I have to make it through 20 hours of whatever, you know, it's crazy. It's really interesting to think about the desire in that way and how it changed so much and just how you fit it in. It's just challenging. Even when you have just neurotypical little kids, they say that those years of parenting are like the hardest time frames for you to connect with your spouse is those like early years early early development years or whatever and then you know I'm divorced or divorcing and so like the dating and navigating all of that is uber complicated too because then you're like having to open up the door of your life to someone who may or may not understand you can't explain our lives to people in words it does not work you Period. also can't describe the effect of it as a lifetime. Yeah. By having like a couple of dinners that work out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. And just like 
opening yourself up to someone, opening your kids up to someone, you know, how that's going to go. I'm not a modest person by any means. So like that portion of it is fine for me. (laughs) It's all the other like interweavings of my feelings about people judging my kids or like opening someone up to learn about them or, you know, whatever. That part of it is more scary to me than like getting naked with someone. See, (laughs) I think that is another part of it though. It's like, you know, when I was 20 and getting naked or whatever, whatever. But after you had kids, yeah, like you ladies getting back in the game, I have all the respect for you because I am so, my body's just so different now. I would be so insecure about it. Not even in a modesty way. It's just like, oh, okay, well this is what I got to offer. <laughs> like, I just, I have to accept that about myself and love myself. But yeah, I'm just like, oh, I don't know. As women in general, as our bodies shift and morph and we're supposed to like stay skinny or stay this way and be perfect. And it's like, I definitely don't have time to be trying to do that. But <laughs> yeah. you know, and I feel yeah. like for me, I'm 35. A lot yeah. of the women in my life who are my age, who are even in marriages or with a partner, they're even like, that's, I don't know why. I think it's just because all the kids are getting to a a place where they're a little older and they can start worrying about that stuff more. And I'm like, oh, I can't even worry about that. Like I, that's not on my mind at all. Like, of course I want to try to say, my idea of staying healthy is like, I need to live forever to support my child. And so that, I don't, that's just another element. Anyway, that just made me think about that. Jen? So for me, it's a little different. I'm not married. Kaya's dad and I were together for 20 years, but we lived in two different countries. And prior to Kaya, there was a lot of back and forth. It was much easier. And even when she was little, I mean, she had more air miles banked in than most people do in their lifetime, just because it's so quick back and forth. And she's a great little traveler. Anyway, um, as she got older and things changed and things shifted, like I always say to you guys, I don't know how you guys do it, because we agree on absolutely nothing when it came to autism and this whole journey from like diagnosis to therapies to therapists we agreed on nothing and I kind of found myself over time like that sort of replaced the other stuff and then for me being kind of sort of doing most of it on my own all of it on my own I am now more in the sort of bitter stage towards him about it so that when I do see him I don't feel the way that I used to feel Mm -hmm. Because I had a lot of years tired under me and, you know, right. So now for me, I feel different about it with him because I think I feel a little resentment now towards him, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. So for us, it was a big shift and that was hard for him, really hard for him. And I think that happens to all of us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I've always said this, like, it's just like, you know, you don't really like that cutesy time when your kid's just a toddler and the worries mm-hmm. that you don't have to make the big decisions about school and stuff. For us, that stuff happens immediately. And when you mm-hmm. disagree off the bat, it's like you build up a lot of resentment in marriages or with the father or, or the person you raise your child with. It's hard. But sorry, mm-hmm, Tabitha, yeah. say. Oh, no, I was going to say the same thing. It's like the resentment. Our lives with our kids have so many choices. And so that breeds Uh, contention if you don't agree or even if you just don't understand what you're trying to make a decision about because you're learning on the fly what you don't know what's is this speech therapy going to be good is this daycare going to be good we don't know we just like roll the dice a lot of times when you're in that state with your partner where you're trying to make all these decisions that itself even outside of the resentment once you make Mm -hmm. the choices puts such a 
kind of like a weight on your relationship because you're constantly talking about all of these things all the time and it's the focus you have to consciously make a choice to have the focus beyond the two of you and all the other shit to go away I mean and if you don't do that I mean you know well like you said it's like you're almost like your business partners or I think I was talking to Rach the other day and I I made a comment like it's like almost you become each other's respite Mm -hmm. like it's like hey like you take on the kids tonight so I can go do something I'll watch the you know like instead of like you doing it together to do that together you're respite yeah. for each other and you kind of start viewing each other like that like oh you allow me to have a break you're not getting that time together mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I'm stuck in that bitter thing right now it's hard I mean and I think we've said this so much on the, the podcast about how much you change as a person after diagnosis after trying to raise autistic kids and a lot of times that is jarring to your partner on either side husband or wife it's jarring to your partner if you have Mm -hmm. this pattern of being a certain way and showing up for them and supporting them and then you don't have an ability to do that anymore then it can seem like what the (laughs) right after we got back to california he said what happened to you and I mm. thought my head was going to like, eh, eh, eh. what do you mean what happened to me? First of all, you. And then second, you know, I mean, I'm tired. I do it by myself. So yeah. the little judgment things that come, you know, come along the way, just can be even doing this the longest. I mean, you guys are in a real lovebird stage. I don't know if it's a we all heard about it. or not, but um, 19 over, minutes and 20 seconds. 19 minutes of it. I so I think it's again it's complicated you know and intimacy means different things to different people there's yeah. emotional intimacy there's physical intimacy mm-hmm. you have to make time for each other you have to do it like no matter how many barriers there are or how many roadblocks there are no matter how exhausted you are if you don't make time for each other then there'll be nothing there like mm-hmm. it's we always go through ebbs and flows we always have where like we might get you know a little distance from each other and grow a little bit apart and having children aside from even autism I mean we have four children so it's, it's a lot you know even with taking care of the kids when they're little I mean you have people touching you all day long yeah and won't leave you alone sometimes the last thing you want to do is have someone else touch you at the end of the night yeah. uh, but at the same time it's like you have to be able to communicate you and your partner have, we're not we're good at communicating now we weren't good at communicating for a lot of years. So we fought it, but you have to make time for each other. I mean, it's, it sounds, so it's, I know it's not easy because at the end of the day that sometimes it's all you have left is each other. You know, mm-hmm. we always seem to find a way to like get back to each other. Sometimes it's just going out to breakfast or hanging out on the couch. My husband's not a great cuddler because it's just never cuddling. It's not his thing because Maybe if I'm know. next to him, it's yeah, not cuddling anymore. I didn't mind the cuddle before. <laughs> now you want to come on me on the couch when I have five seconds so like, to yeah, myself. No. Get the f- away from yeah. me. Yeah, <laughs> give me space. I'll hug like, you. Like, like, I go to bed with my husband, and I'm like, "Oh, let's play here together for a few minutes." Like, it's never. It's just never gonna happen. Uh, <laughs> turns into something. Else. It turns into something every single time. So I don't know. It's hard, you know. It, and for us, sometimes I think it's. It's different. I mean, I was 22. He was 27 when Alyssa was diagnosed. So like, we're young. I don't know. I feel like your mindset is just different at that age. Uh, I feel like it was, we were probably more affected when 
Kara and Lexi were growing up because they took up so much of my time. I worked full time. I drove them back and forth everywhere and still try to navigate the stuff with Alyssa, which sometimes at that stage of time, she wasn't like super, super needy. Yeah. And sometimes you just drift apart, but I don't know, you just gotta, I feel like you just gotta find time for each other. And then like, we always seem to find our way back to each other. You know, it's hard. We go to bed at different times. I tend to stay up late. He falls asleep early. Alyssa takes over our room. So until she decides to come out of our room, our room's not our room. So it's, you know, mm-hmm. she has so many challenges. Is that room we for always, 19 minutes? <laughs> we always get back on the upswing eventually. We call them our cold red hair is dark and stormy nights. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just thinking you should you not go make... for a walk in the woods, okay? I'm just also, say, also, you need woods. you need to knock on the door. <laughs> you open it. Yeah, solid rule for my, any human being. Always knock na- on the door. My 19-year-old found out the hard way. <laughs> so, yeah. so she opened the door, and it was a dark and stormy. It was a dark and stormy morning. Yeah. So yeah, it sounds so simple, and it's really, really hard sometimes. But you have to make each other a priority. Well, I know, think sometimes because... it's uh, as simple as like seeing the other person in the room. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, simple Definitely. acts of or gestures of kindness. You know, like that you actually see what they're doing. There's a load of laundry yeah. in the freaking dryer for two days fold that shit right up it'll make a big difference i mean it really will like simple things that will have your partner drawn to you to want to say thanks fold that laundry boy maybe by taking their shirt off i'm just other <laughs> clothes off in the washer and i think that's the thing too i mean i don't know for all women but for me like we've talked about love languages before and like active services is my love language but yeah. i think for most moms in general It is so tied to that everyday needing help. And especially for us, like being involved. I don't know how couples do it. The couples where the one spouse takes on all of like the special needs elements. I couldn't do that all on my own. Like I've told you guys before, there's been times I've been halfway through paperwork and I'm like, you got to finish this for me. And that leads to more. And I mean, saying like just sex intimacy, but to me, like appreciating my husband and loving my husband so much more than him buying me flowers like the things that men probably think that we want which is like the hugging cuddling which are all nice but it's like I need you to help me get through my day first and then anyway Rach what about you I know you're going through a hard time and might not talk about this but I love you (laughs) I love you you know I'm in a weird place I pride myself on being pretty honest and unfiltered here. So I will just say that uh, because we deleted it while you were letting the spider out in the cup in the last episode, I really <laughs> re- did that. Uh, I haven't said this yet to the podcast listeners that I'm, um, I asked for a divorce and recently, very recently over the course of our podcast, I've talked really openly and even sharing on Planetville and, you know, kind of all over Billy and I have been honest about our relationship. And so I'm just going to continue that by saying I prepped for this episode nervously and found out all these things about intimacy that sort of validated where we landed. I think intimacy failed in some ways in our relationship because everything in my life became something that I was a caregiver for because I think I went too long without help in Mm -hmm. certain areas or like didn't acknowledge and seek help in the right things. 
I think that we had a very sexual relationship because I think we in our in our marriage needed a release. Like I used to joke that I <laughs> I say release and look at Jamie Ramos and I can't hear myself. <laughs> I'm like a 12 year old. <laughs> I was like, I'm say, I can't open it or I'm going to open up to this while she's talking about sex and I'm the only one giggling. But I can't. <laughs> like, PG-13. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I think that we managed a lot of like stress. Stress management came down to like, either we're going to fight about it or I'm going to give a job. He's going to get so relaxed and then we're going to like move on. Like, like, it's like a, I can help you this helps me because we're not going to argue about stuff because we're filling our time this other way. I felt like we were having like mutual intimacy, but I will say that again, in hindsight, everything is like task. I think that that really affected our relationship. And I know that I'm not alone, which is why I say that. I will also mm -hmm. say that like, there are so many things that, that Billy and I went through having started dating when I was 16. I mean, I've shared on this podcast, the time in the camper that summer of early 2000. I mean, I've really <laughs> yeah. been open and honest and shared about it. Like we grew up together. We became sexual together. Like, like we had sex first together and then spent 24 years practicing. <laughs> and in that was infertility in that was wicked periods for me. Like there are so many different facets to our sex life for me that I took on myself. Whereas for him, he didn't have all that. Like, it's just so different. So mm. anyway, I can see clearly how all of those decisions affected my well-being and our relationship. I don't know. If I blacked out and rambled, it's because I blacked out and rambled. You can just have me <laughs> recut it if that was all shit. But I feel it's, it's typical. I mean, like, there is such a high divorce rate in families like ours with all this stress. I would say infertility, then adoption process that was brutal then feeling like we gave up and becoming parents when we did and then being on this wild ride as we have been what is a lot to like recover from while you're still going through the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and I think all of that has affected us but also like if I'm carrying that stress I can't get down and feel like intimate but I know we need this release so like I can participate I mean I just I don't know we were doing the best we could it is it's so complicated and I think women in general carry this physical burden like Jamie was saying I wouldn't say burden but at the physical nature of the changes of our body and all the complicated layers that come with that create insecurities or things that are underneath the surface that might not be talked about that I don't think I think men have insecurities as they get older whatever changes for them but it's not to the gravity or level that women go through in the same sense physically just physically because like you know, even recovering from a C-section or having a baby and breastfeeding. And I mean, that's years of your life that a child is physically attached to you, you know? Well, just the general like society rule that like seems to be about that men look better with age and women get less good. Look like this. <laughs> It's like this podcast. We looked really good in the beginning, and we've got <laughs> like this podcast. <laughs> it's so separate, though. Like I compartmentalized. So, like I'm a. I know if you're a listener, you may not follow us on socials. So you may not know that I'm like a little curvy girl. I have had within myself, like as a Rachel, 
to love myself, even though I've got love handles bigger than my butt cheeks. It's like, I've worked hard to identify like good parts of myself. I have been able to do that. And yet I have wicked depression where everything that I do is worthless. And I can tell myself at the same time, I'm like, dang girl, you look cute in those flare pants. And I can be totally worn out and totally like drained and still functioning on so many levels. Like it's just, it's multifaceted. And then I'm supposed to be able to like get off. Even if we've made the time, can I even relax enough to mm. have anything happen? Shut your brain Shut off for it's five, not damn like And also don't expect anything if it does happen. Cause I'm going the f- to sleep after that. Oh <laughs> done anyway well, I, I find for us it's like we need that physical intimacy to get the emotional intimacy back mm-hmm. you know it's like it's just the way it is for us and when that happens I feel like it's like everything else kind of falls to the wayside and then it's yeah. just me and him and that's when we get that back so for us it's really hard to get that portion back without the physical stuff that is the only way that it works for us really and, but it's hard. It's just, there's so many, so many challenges to it. Mental health plays a huge part in it. Exhaustion yeah. plays a huge part in it. Like, you know, just your frustration with other people in your life play a huge part in it. But at the end of the day, well, not all of our kids, but most people's kids at one time will be gone and grown and they won't be there. And then it's, and it's just you and your partner. And if you've spent your whole life catering to everybody else and kind of letting your partner you know, fall to the wayside, there's not really much left when everybody else is gone. I mean, Alyssa will clearly always be with us, so we will always have her. But the other kids will be, you She's know. She's not the of... one wondering why it's dark and stormy out, though. That's a different kid altogether. She's not the one sitting on the other side of the wall. <laughs> it's really what works for you and your relationship and figuring that out, I think, too. And it, it is, like, such a hard thing too because I think like for me like more help around the house or in different ways to show that love but I think as women in general are good or bad like our value is so tied up and our like the way we look or our ability to be attractive to someone else that like we also need that validation too so Mm -hmm. it's like sometimes you need to hear that you're pretty or you need to like you know say you look nice today and like genuinely mean it I always joke my husband's very sweet but he'll always do it I swear he does on purpose when I'm like disgusting looking and I'm like, buddy, I know what you're trying to do. I appreciate you being nice right now, but I haven't showered in like two days. My hair's like, I stink like who knows what, like, but it is so much of that. And then having patience with your partner, like it, it is hard because you don't want to ever feel undesired. I think on both sides for mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. both people in the relationship, but there are just times where like, especially when this life like is really hard, like my daughter just went through her diagnosis and it was really hard for me. She got diagnosed with a blood disease and it's so different than autism, but a lot of it brought back a lot of like PTSD triggers for me. It was hard going through something else that's lifelong. And then also like bringing in a whole new element of like medical things and big decisions and all that stuff that came with it. I can't even like, I need intimacy to not be sexual for that time. Like, yeah. And that's me. Like, and so I need my, husband to like step in and and help me in other ways and be there more like for me my mental health wise and assure me things are going to be okay or just in general let me know we're in this together so it just what does it mean to you the time and like being honest with your partner about that I don't think Mm -hmm. I'm always very good about that like sometimes it's just like 
back off, buddy. But also There's that's always like too. this link though, that like intimacy for me has to do with that safety and like security mm-hmm. as well. And it isn't about like financial security or any of the other securities that you may think. It's just literally like, I'm going to hold you. You can let your guard down. It like, I got it's like safety of, of it all that if I can't let go of the control of something yet in my process of something that's coming at me, like, don't want me right now. Just give me one second. Or like, make it a little slower, make it a little less, make it a little warmer, make it a little, we say it longer and I'm open a lot in this episode. (laughs) If Andy Cohen redoes this episode, it's going to be that the keyword. Well, and understanding your partner, that that's really it. Like for James, she doesn't like, like it's hard work for you to do physical touch and like understanding that. I mean, from what you're saying I'm not saying I'm not that bad but I am I'm just not the type of person like hey give me a quick hug yeah yeah sit there with someone's arm around me watching a show yeah Yeah. like you would have to be like uh I I get where you're at with it (laughs) but I think uh and I didn't mean to put words in your mouth but you know what I mean no no it was just understand with your partner don't 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 sit next to Jane on the couch and put your arm around understanding what your partner actually wants from you because you might be a person who wants to be doing acts of service but your your partner doesn't Mm -hmm. they don't accept that as their form of what they need from you you have to understand what they want and what you can give and balancing that out if your partner can't give you that explaining to them practical ways of how they can show up for you to make you feel special or wanted or you know feel close and it it all builds on itself if you aren't emotionally attached physically attached and understanding each other in some if you're living together anyway cohabitation rules (laughs) that we all make for ourselves and just like seeing your partner in the room none of the other stuff really works I mean it just doesn't it it ends up failing you kind of have to like work hard at all of those pieces at different times it doesn't mean that you constantly need to be banging it out sorry for the children <laughs> some days I, some, some... I think this one got the explicit <laughs> I gave a warning I gave a warning yeah. it yeah. was an accident it might mean that sometimes you're more physically intimate and other times you're more showing up for the person by doing tasks and yeah. paperwork and driving the kids places and all that stuff it, and sometimes I let my husband give me long hugs even though I want to push him away <laughs> she lets me do that too yeah. I'll take a quick hug I went I and I'm all I always joke like I'm like if I'm the initiator it's fine but for some reason I'm like I don't know I'm claustrophobic <laughs> that attention piece too it's like sometimes it's just holding hands even for 30 seconds like you know mm-hmm. or walking by maybe don't do this to Jamie but like <laughs> walking by and giving you a quick kiss on the head or something like that sometimes oh, that's like, fine. that's great kiss quick yeah. kiss is good. and then uh, on the opposite it's like my husband's not very needy and he's not super affectionate but then there's other times where he wants that and I'm thinking he doesn't want that because he's normally just kind of like you really just got to pay attention and, and not mm-hmm. make assumptions sometimes about what the other person cares about or doesn't care about because sometimes that can change because sometimes I'm a very affectionate person and other times I don't want you to touch me mm-hmm. and other times I require a lot of attention I'm very needy and other times I don't want to be bothered you know it's, it's very <laughs> tricky <laughs> I think that's something yes. that's I mean it might be because of all man. the different personalities but you're really gonna man. have like the Kim code and really be able to figure that out <laughs> Kim the Kim code yeah so it's just I feel like that that part of it's hard 
it's just not letting people fade too far into the background, whether mm -hmm. it's you, you know, or, or your partner, it's just, it's so easy to become, become consumed with everything else in your life, you know, cause we're, you know, we're used to them being there and being the, you know, the stability and, and all that. And it goes both ways, obviously. So I feel like that's something that's like, you know, it's really hard to, to navigate, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I was uh, doing some research about this because I was too nervous to be able to figure out what I was going to say, which is fine. Uh, my research happened on the TikTok, which is obviously where you go for um, like code B sex ed, right? So I want to let everybody know that this is what I learned. And it kind of hit for me in so many ways. And just to jump back to Kim's point, I feel like Billy and I worked through some stuff in family therapy. And we are talking about that pretty often right now that like we both need to show up and give each other the chance to be different. If that's what the expectation is, like, I cannot continue to like respond to him as I would expect while also expecting him to change. And if he does, how would I see that if I'm still the snark about like have this expectation? Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But I did this TikTok. <laughs> I did this TikTok um, research for the, you know, sex ed grade B. And it says not prioritizing quality time together. If you're not feeling how or sharing how you feel and your sort of emotions, which so much of what we've all had to talk about with our spouses or significant other or the baby daddy is focused on these topics. It's it's not like I can talk to you about my general Rachelness when I have to discuss with you this IEP meeting or this doctor, you know, lacking physical touch and affection, uh, not communicating honestly and openly, and then losing attraction to one another and like cohabitating instead of mm -hmm. co-creating. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like it's, all these things are listed as like the top five things about losing intimacy or like the common intimacy issues. And we've all just discussed them. I mean, it's just typical. It's like, it's typical to have things affect the other things. So with that, I say the last thing I found on the internet was this saying, may your coffee, pelvic floor, intuition, and self-appreciation be strong. And <laughs> that is the most amazing mom blessing of all. <laughs> I love it. I saw this meme that a kid did for school and it was like, what do you know about marriage or relationships? And it was like a little kid. And he's like, tell your wife that they look beautiful, even if they look like a dump truck. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a golden rule. I bet his uh, mom is so proud. Yeah, even if they look like a dump truck. Oh my gosh. It does me intimacy it's tough it's a lot of moving parts i think no matter even if it's like not romantic intimacy or if it's like with your family or with your friends allowing people in mm. is really hard i think in this life but it will help you in so many ways and i feel like the biggest thing i think that always comes up in our podcast and the reason we're all here together is isolation and how hard that can be and even finding someone in your life and using the word intimate seems weird to me because it feels like it's just a sex thing but it's not but finding someone in your life that you can express those things to and 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 have a relationship with where you can talk about things that are are hard and have just that closeness with like having someone in your life besides just our kids because i think we get so wrapped up with our kids like i'm my son's person he's with me a lot of the time i mean outside of school and stuff like that but having those relationships in our lives really can help 
And I also know on the other end that it's so difficult. I think back to when my son was a toddler and going through that time. And even though I had a person by my side, it was still extremely hard to find any type of intimacy in the relationship, physical, emotional, sexual, because you're just, you're on the edge all the time. And so mm-hmm. like Kimmy said, I like just trying to find that in each other and just taking that time to like acknowledge each other. And I know like within my marriage, I need to be better about that. My husband said, this is gonna be like the one episode he listens to. And so (laughs) give me a lot of crap, but I do, I need to be better about that. And like validating him. And, and I am incredibly grateful for my husband, but like, it's just hard in this life. Like I just, Mm -hmm. I don't know. At the end of the day, after you like scrubbed poop out of a carpet and you've gotten screamed at, by a child and you've been filling out like five stacks of paperwork it's just it's really hard but then you also can lose your humanity to that and I think that humanity can lie within that intimacy mm-hmm. oh that's so beautiful Jamie oh, thank you <laughs> I love that I really do <laughs> well I feel like sometimes it just feels like there's not enough time in the day no that's true <laughs> yeah I'm just especially when there's somebody not sleeping like there really isn't time in the day and you have such a longer day it Mm -hmm. feels like your day's been forever but you also have no time and you're a zombie Mm -hmm. mommy (laughs) that should be our next um, i think i just told rachel the story the other day that um we used to share a room at lexi it's always lexi (laughs) and um so her bed was like a toddler bed and she was like two and she was in the room with us so one night she wakes up we're being intimate we hear this little tiny voice go daddy what are you doing to mommy oh, i just like to i just i'm just like immediately want to laugh so i'm just like because no, like i can't i can't even like i can't with that little voice you know <laughs> and he goes oh we're exercising literally she's quiet for like 30 seconds and we're not moving like we're just like we're just now frozen like he's like he's not moving i'm not moving we're like just please go back to sleep and then she's like why are you naked oh no this is too much (laughs) (laughs) these are the challenges you do these are the challenges that you have to try to navigate when you have so many kids and they're all little (laughs) you know i think he was so he was like oh we were hot you know and uh, i don't even know but i'm just like oh my god this is like unplug right now (laughs) doesn't remember this story guys it's fine she has no memory of she has no memory of this. Of it, it may have her. kicked back into her memory recently. <laughs> or when she like, listens to this podcast. <laughs> we're just like, oh, I, I, I told her the story before. She thought it was hilarious. But um, she used to also do like, again, Alyssa has never slept in the past 20 years. So like, that's also a thing that made things super challenging. And for like at least 10 years, I had to always be up when she was up. Um, So our code would be like, oh, mommy has a headache, which I did used to get frequent headaches, shockingly. I used to get migraines and it would be that I was going to lay down to just don't go in the room. And Lexi would lay in front of the door and just scream my name. (laughs) She couldn't get in the door. She would be like, I want my mommy. And then she'd be like, mommy, mommy. Would not stop. It's really hard to. (laughs) Nails like I do too. not care he did not care but i'm just like oh my god it does make i said it, it you know there is a lot of extra challenges i think when you're navigating special needs mm-hmm. and no sleep yes. i mean a thousand percent yeah and i am not a morning person 
I mean, it was the other morning. morning. Yeah, I was the other morning, but it was it was more. It was like a dark noon. and stormy morning. <laughs> it was more than like noon. Generally speaking, I'm not a you know, don't wake me up early, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best. You're welcome, well, everybody. Welcome to the table, everybody. I hope you enjoy. If this is your first episode listening to us. Oh, God. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. Next series is going to be called Sus Sexcapades. <laughs> no, we are not. I'm joking. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening and have a great night. Thanks, Thank everyone. You. Thank you. Lock those bedroom doors, people. Thank you for on the knob. <laughs> Thank you for joining us at the table for this episode of the Table for Five No Reservations podcast. Big thank you to all of our supporters. If you would like to become a supporter, please check out the description of this episode where you will also find episode information, how to sign up for our newsletter, and find links to us individually. Join us next Monday for more. And while you wait, check out our content on Facebook and Instagram. If you are enjoying the podcast, please subscribe and rate and review us wherever you listen. To contact us, you can email us at tableforfivepodcast at gmail.com. We'll see you next week. Can't wait to sit with you again.